Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Lots of things to talk about. I put up a post on my Instagram stories a few days ago, and it was about toxins, specifically toxins in Cheerios. And I got so many responses and replies Oh, don't even get me started on the post that I shared about companies who are going pink for breast cancer awareness when they're products that have ingredients that have been linked to cancer. That post got a ton of feedback, too. You can follow me over on Instagram if you're not already, at Elizabeth Benton. Before we talk about the whole toxin thing and Cheerios and all of that conversation, I want to share my thoughts on it here today and answer some of your questions. I want to tell you what we are giving away today. This is something I just started using. It just came out. I wish I had thought of this product idea myself. Oh, how I wish. Have you ever had that thought? Like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. I felt that way when I heard about this new dermabiotic serum. So derma obviously refers to skin, and biotics refers to bacteria right? Probiotics being good bacteria. Uh, Antibiotics are the things that kill bacteria. Dermabiotics refer to um, bacteria that are beneficial for the skin. This is a newer field of study. Obviously, you know, if we look at what we knew about probiotics 15, 20 years ago, it was largely about the gut, right? And then it was the gut and the immune system. And then it was like, holy crap, these have an impact on body weight, a huge impact on body weight. These have a huge impact on mood and anxiety and depression. And now we're really understanding that there's nothing they don't impact positively or negatively. And they have a large role in our skin health. Well, more specifically, If you have certain strains of, I'm like going down a rabbit hole here that I didn't mean to go down, but it's okay because I find it fascinating. Maybe you will too. Certain strains of bacteria help your body, encourage your body to produce more collagen. And if you don't have those strains in and on your skin and the different layers of skin and throughout your body, then your body is less likely to 
manufacture its own collagen, replace collagen as it breaks down in your body. And this is really fascinating to me because (laughs) I get asked all the time about collagen and collagen supplements. And I'm always like, oh, it's a tough one because the research is really, really mixed on collagen supplements. And I think companies do a really excellent job at marketing. And it doesn't mean that there is really strong evidence that orally taking collagen helps your skin. One of the reasons for that is adding more collagen is kind of like an oversimplified, like synthetic collagen that you consume. Even if it's natural collagen, if it's not coming from you, if you're just supplement supplementing with it, that doesn't have anything to do with what's happening to the collagen in your body. And so without a fully functioning body that's firing on all cylinders, the collagen naturally present in our body starts to break down. Its structure starts to change. And as its structure starts to change, that is when we start to see um, wrinkles and all of the things that we associate with poor skin health. Well, just pumping more collagen from a supplement into your system doesn't touch that problem at all. You know, it just it just doesn't. And what we know is that there are certain bacteria that when they are present, they support our body's ability to produce new collagen and also maintain the integrity of the collagen that we have and help regenerate the collagen that we have so that we see less of or a slower appearance of that breakdown that normally happens. Now, we didn't know this stuff. It wasn't mainstream information, and it certainly hadn't hit like product market yet. But now we know, and so this dermabiotic serum, sorry for the background, I couldn't just tell you that that's what I was giving away without explaining it, right? Who would I be? Oh, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be me at all. Now that we know, um, there's a new product on the market that's a dermabiotic that does just this. It's not a collagen product in that it doesn't directly deliver collagen, but what it does is it facilitates your body's ability to regenerate collagen and maintain the integrity of the collagen that you have. That is something that I get excited about. But the other thing we need to keep in mind is that there's no skincare product out there on the market that is going to cover up for the damage that a crappy diet does to your skin. So best thing you can do for your skin is stop eating sugar and processed foods and trans fats and all those kinds of things. I'm going to be giving away the Dermabiotic Serum today. I'm crazy excited. I've been using it every morning after I take a shower and I don't know, I get excited about simple things like that. And it's, it's a clean product, doesn't have all the crap in it as so many skincare products do. So I'll announce the winner at the end of the show. All you have to do to win one of our Saturday giveaways is just leave a review of the podcast. Even if you already have before, let's say you left a review three years ago, you can leave a review for a specific episode. Like, Hey, I was listening to 1029. I loved it. Or whatever you want to say. And that automatically enters you to win whatever it is that I'm giving away on Saturday. So I will announce that winner at the end of the show. Let's talk about the Cheerio post from my Instagram. Instagram is probably where I'm like the most day-to-day sharing life kind of stuff. Um, 
So yeah, at Elizabeth Benton. That or the Primal Potential Facebook group. Longer updates go in there. Like the other day I updated on the twins. Very, very long detailed update. Put that in the Primal Potential Facebook group because it's too long for Instagram. Anyway, so I shared this post that comes from Mindy Pels. She's a woman who posts a lot about fasting and intermittent fasting. Fascinating. If you're not following Mindy Pels, Dr. Mindy Pels, I suggest it. So she basically put this post up that said a bowl of Cheerios has more of a particular carcinogenic herbicide in it than it does vitamin D and vitamin B12 combined. Pretty sure that's what it says. I'm recalling it. So essentially, Cheerios are fortified with B12 and vitamin D, meaning make the Cheerios, you add in, oh, vitamin D, B12, those are good for you. Let's add those in so we can put it on the label and look, oh, there's B12 and vitamin D in Cheerios. Okay. Well, they're putting that in, but what there is more of in every serving of Cheerios than B12 and vitamin D is glyphosate. Now, if that sounds familiar, it's probably because it gets a lot of negative press. Glyphosate is the active ingredient in the well-known weed killer Roundup. So Roundup is used in most commercial agriculture operations and many non-commercial agriculture operations to kill weeds. Because of that, it ends up in our food, right? I mean, if we're talking about big wheat fields, big corn fields, you name it, if they're spraying with Roundup, it's going to end up in the food. And for a very long time, it has been theorized that it is a probable carcinogen or a definite carcinogen. Um, the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection, Protection Agency in the United States, determined years ago that it's a probable carcinogen. But then a few years later, they amended it and said, oh, no, 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 there's no evidence of this. That's a bunch of bull, right? That's a bunch of bull. The International Agency for Research on Cancer determined that it is a probable carcinogen. There's over 18,000 lawsuits alleging links between Roundup and cancers, especially non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and interestingly, too, so I find it fascinating that you know certain agencies in the United States have backtracked over the past few years and, oh, no, 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 a little bit of this in your food is fine. This amount is safe. But they're now saying that endangered species are at risk because of the widespread use of this chemical. So like, oh, no, it's safe for humans. But like, God, we got to stop using this because of the animals. And here's the other crazy thing that the EPA is now, after once saying this is a probable carcinogen, now it's saying this amount is safe. As long as you don't have more of this amount of this freaking weed killer in your diet, you're fine. But here's the problem. If there's trace amounts in essentially every processed food out there, how many families are being mindful of the fact that like, oh, I already had my daily dose of weed killer in my Cheerios, so I guess I shouldn't have the bagel. I guess I shouldn't have the million other things that it's present in. People aren't doing that. Not only that, okay, let's say that the only thing you ate an entire day that had glyphosate in it was Cheerios, which I can guarantee you is not the case. 
How many people are having one serving of Cheerios? Are you aware of what one serving of Cheerios looks like? Not to mention the fact that let's say I just have one serving of Cheerios. Well, that's X amount of glyphosate in my system. Well, what if my one-year-old who weighs 25 pounds has that same one serving of Cheerios? He could easily do. Kids easily have more than that one serving because, again, it's a small serving. That is so much more relative to his system, relative to his ability to detoxify, right? And, you know, the crazy thing is, yes, it's in processed foods and wheat products and grain products, but it's also in a lot of fruits and vegetables and things that we would consider to be healthy foods. And people tend to feel discouraged by things like that. And glyphosate is just one of so many different pesticides and chemicals and toxins that we're exposed to. And a lot of people will be like, oh, I can't possibly avoid them there and everything. They are in a lot of things. But the fact of the matter is when we overeat, when we eat processed foods, we're just exposing ourselves to them more and more and more and more and more. And most of us don't routinely do things to detoxify. Like a couple weeks ago now, I did the three-day detox with a lot of you inside the Primal Potential Facebook group. Why do we do that sort of thing? Because we have to. And, and let me make this point about supplements that help with detoxification. It's incredible to just clean up your diet, period. It's also incredible to clean it up a little bit more for specific periods of time, whether that's like a, a detox or a fast. But guys, I'm sorry to be the one to say it because I know a lot of people are really resistant to this kind of message. We also have to do things to support our body's ability to detoxify. And there are some people that are like, oh, it's just another supplement to buy. Well, you're not saying that about the bag chips. You're not saying that about the $40 you spent going out to dinner or, you know what I mean? Like there's so many things that expose us to toxins or potentially impair our health that we don't roll our eyes about spending the money on that. But the thing that could really make a difference in your longevity and your health, you're, you're like frustrated by the expense. It just, it's hard to wrap our heads around when we think about it logically. However, a lot of us aren't thinking about it logically because then we feel pressure to do something about it. Good. I want you to feel the pressure to do something about it. I want myself to feel the pressure to do something about it. You know, Cheerios, sorry, they're not a healthy snack food for your kids. And I would say the majority of food out there that is marketed as snack food for kids or mealtime food for kids is not a good healthy choice for them. You know, it's just not. The CrossFit community has been talking for years about how we're headed for a into a tsunami of chronic disease. And I think we're freaking in it. I think we are in this tsunami of chronic disease. And I'm going to say this because I, I feel in my core it's the right message to get out there, even though my human brain, my logical brain is kind of like, Elizabeth, this is going to piss a lot of people off. Elizabeth, your DMs are going to blow up if you say this. But I also think it's the right thing to say. So many people, and this has nothing to do with if you're on one side of 
belief or another side of belief about um, what's been happening in our country in the past couple of years and specifically the virus and all of those kinds of things. If you were someone who was afraid enough of the virus to do things like wear a mask or stay home or, you know, any of those things, and I'm not saying any of those things are wrong at all. If you hear that, that's your own interpretation. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you were one of those people who was worried enough to stay home, but you didn't permanently clean up your diet and lose any excess weight and start doing things like that, I can't see that you were really actually all that concerned. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I, I had this conversation uh, with, with someone in my family. You know, because, you know, sometimes we can have those conversations with people in our family. Sometimes we can't. But there are certain people we can have those conversations. And this was someone, uh, an immediate family member, who was taking all of the precautions. Like, almost, you know, I mean, we all have our, our own opinion of like what was reasonable or what was not reasonable and people fall all along the spectrum. And I have, I have no issue with anybody. You do what makes you feel safe and comfortable. But this individual essentially put their life on hold for over two years to an extreme of like basically never seeing family, not basically, entirely never seeing family. And I had no problem whatsoever saying, help me understand how you were so concerned to make those, those changes to your lifestyle, right? To like truly isolate yourself and, you know, wear a mask no matter what, but you have not cleaned up your diet, you know? And again, this is somebody that I, that I, no, so I have insight and I have, you know, this this openness of sharing this kind of thing. It's not like I'm saying this to a stranger on the street or somebody that I'm making assumptions about. Like you're still as overweight as you were at the beginning of the pandemic. You haven't changed your diet. So how if if you're that concerned, then why not do everything possible to make yourself healthier. Why do only these things? But like, well, I, I don't want to go out and be around people, but I also am not too concerned because I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to change my diet. I'm not willing to get healthier in that way. I'm not willing to support my immune system in that way that is lasting, that we know makes a difference. It just, it's crazy to me. And yeah, I do think it's linked to the toxin thing because there's a lot that is within our control. I hear the same arguments when it comes to things like toxins. Well, they're in everything. Yeah, I mean, they are in a lot of things, <laughs> you know? They are in a lot of things. But we still have a ton of control. So why not take the control over the things we can influence? There's so much we can do, even when there's things we can't do. And I guess that's just, I get really passionate about it because that's a mantra that I've chosen for my life, that there's always more that is within my control than there is that is outside of my control. And there are things even now that are so far outside of my control, right? Where we're three months into this journey with the twins in the NICU. There's stuff every freaking day that is outside of my control that I wish was inside of my control, and it's not. But even still, there's more that is in my control than there is outside of my control. 
My attitude is inside my control. What I put into my mouth is inside my control. How much I put into my mouth is inside my control. The way that I speak to people is inside my control. The other day, this is so funny. I, uh, at least it's funny to me. I was, I got to the hospital. It was like 5.50 in the morning. I feel like every day I get up earlier and earlier and earlier and get there earlier and earlier and earlier because it still takes me a couple hours to get there. Well, not quite that long when I leave that early. But anyway, so it's dark out, super early. I'm in the parking garage. I always take the stairs and I'm, I'm like trotting down the stairs. I've got my big bag over my shoulder that has like all the stuff that I bring every day for the girls because I wash their laundry and bring it to and from every day. And I bring my pump and any milk from overnight and, you know, just, just stuff, right? So I've got my bag over my shoulder and I'm trotting down the stairs. I don't know why I need to tell you what's in the bag. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, my body feels pretty good today. Because some days you have days where you're like a little achy or a little sore, plus, you know, C-section and that was a thing for a while. And trotting down the stairs like, man, I feel pretty good today. <laughs> like three steps later, I roll my ankle because I'm just, you know, I'm not paying attention. It, the stairwell is lit, but it's not well lit. It's dark outside. <laughs> where was I going with that story? I don't even know. <laughs> what was the point of me telling you that story? Oh, my God. I can't even remember. Oh, I know what it was. So when I'm working out later that day, I'm feeling like there's there's certain things I can't do because my ankle's messed up or I wanted to take Roman for a walk, but I'm like, uh, do I really want to like put miles on this ankle? It's kind of it's kind of swollen. It's probably better not to just for today. There's still more that I can do than I can't do. Right? Even a week after a C-section, there's still more that is in my control than is outside of my control. And that's true with toxic exposure. That's true with our immune systems and what we're exposed to. I've been thinking about that, you know, in terms of the fear that comes in about things that are outside of our control, right? Like during the pandemic, I'm sure a lot of people felt really fearful of things that were outside of their control and what they may be exposed to that they have no influence over. I've thought that a lot around the girls, the twins, and bringing them home. And obviously, they are high risk because not only are they premature, but they have respiratory challenges. And I was having a conversation with Chris about, you know, how we want to handle certain, certain situations, knowing that the girls are higher risk. And that can feel really scary. Like, I don't know who is going to bring what into our house. And you know, we're not going to live in a bubble. And having family around is not only really important to us, but probably very essential for us in this season when we have three in diapers and we're adjusting to life with two babies plus Roman and all these things. But I remind myself by choice a million times a day, there's still more that is in my control than is outside of my control right? Like one of the things that I can do is eat as well as I possibly can because I know that then I'm making the girls stronger through my breast milk. There are things that I can do. There are always things that I can do. There are always things that you can do. We're going to do another reboot detox in November. Uh, that was the consensus that that was a good time to do it before U.S. Thanksgiving. I say U.S. Thanksgiving because I know Canadian Thanksgiving is already come and gone. 
but we're going to do it again. That is something that is in your control. You can reduce your toxic exposure. Maybe part of it that you want to start with is food. Maybe part of what you want to start with is household products. I am really particular about the things that I put on my skin because that is our largest organ. So things, and in my mouth too, like toothpaste is a big one for me. What I wash my face with, what I wash, what I moisturize my face with, all of those things are a really big deal. You can pick a place to start. You don't have to be like, oh, it's too much. Why bother? Start someplace. Start with what you wash your dishes in or what you wash your clothes in or anything. Just pick a place. Get a water filter. I don't care. Do something. Maybe what you want to do is do the reboot with us in November. I'm going to put the link in um, the show description so you can be prepared. I want to say one thing about the, um, you know, I was just about to say, I hope I didn't piss too many people off. And then I'm like, you know what? If me sharing my opinion about people's thought process around health and self-care and immunity, if that like pisses people off, we've just gone too far with being offended, you know? Like, that's just what I think. Like, it's okay for me to have an opinion and it's okay for you to see it a different way. You know? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Everybody's okay. Let's sh- go shift to something a little less potential to aggravate. Although, <laughs> what we're shifting into might not because there's strong opinions on this one too. Very simply, this question says, do you believe in counting calories I think that what this person means is, do I recommend it as an approach? Do I endorse it as an approach? And the answer is no. And the reason for that, I've gone into a ton of detail on this, uh, episode 62, 062, episode 329. If you're curious about this, please, please, please listen to those episodes, 62, 329. It's because, A, I mean, sure, I agree, we cannot overeat and expect to lose weight, right? But the notion of counting calories implies that quality is not a big factor or that calories from different things don't operate differently in the body, but they do, right? And I think I might have even mentioned this on last Saturday's podcast, or I mentioned it recently, and I have before in in past episodes, That even if we look at carbohydrate, like two different types of carbohydrate, say the carbohydrate from Skittles compared to the carbohydrate from um, spaghetti squash or an apple, they just operate totally differently in the body and they send very different hormonal signals. And the hormonal signals matter because those are what determines if we are in fat burning mode or fat storing mode. So I don't think that that is the best approach for fat loss. I think it's very elementary. I think it dumbs down our bodies and it's just not a sophisticated or lasting approach that's based in how the body actually works. But episode 62, episode 329, those are the place to go for that. The final question, because I took so darn long ranting about Cheerios and toxins and responsibility, what has been the hardest part of having your girls in the NICU? 
it's interesting. Several people have said to me, especially I said I posted a very long, detailed update in the Primal Potential Facebook group the other day, and a bunch of people either commented there or messaged me directly and said, the end is the hardest part. The end is the hardest part because you're so close to home and like the end is just the hardest part. And I've had people in the NICU say that to me as well. And while I totally understand that that might be somebody's experience or a lot of people's experience, that the end is the hardest part, I can intellectually understand why that would be true. It just couldn't be further from the truth for me because the hardest part was not knowing if they were going to live, you know? Um, and, and I understand that a lot of people who are telling me the end is the hardest part probably didn't have that situation. There's a lot of people who have kids in the NICU who never wondered if they were going to live or if they were going to die. But we had a very rocky start where we genuinely did not know if either of the girls were going to live. And that's that was the hardest part. Um, I, not just that first day of not knowing, but probably the first week or so we didn't uh announce their birth for a couple weeks because there was just a lot going into that I mean obviously we lost Dagny a couple years ago uh and we just didn't see it coming and it's just you know I I won't say it's the hardest thing in the world because losing your child is the hardest thing in the world (laughs) been there but in this experience not knowing if they were going to make it, you know, we, um, the NICU called us a lot in those first seven, 10 days or so. Every time something happened, they would call and I just dreaded my phone ringing. Yeah. They weren't calling with good news. And I wondered how long that would last. Like I just got this sense of total dread and wanting to like, disappear into the floor when my phone would ring. Um, And that's just a, it's an awful feeling. Um, Beyond that though, like once we cleared that hurdle, no surprise, it's just being away from them so much and having to trust other people. Roman had not spent the night with anybody but me or Chris until after the twins were born. And he was 14 months old at that point, right? He had never spent the night with my mom or my sister or Chris's mom. Um, And to go from that to my kid's first night and second night and third night and every single night and they're almost three months old has been with somebody else. That sucks. <laughs> like it sucks, especially for somebody like me who, um, I would not say I'm a helicopter parent, but I definitely struggle to trust other people for no good reason. I mean, we have our our moms are amazing. My sister's amazing, um, but I think just you know because of everything we've been through. I don't want anybody else to do that but me. And so, you know, they're almost three months old and I haven't had them at home. And I haven't, I've, I've every single day I've had to trust other people with like their most basic parts of their care. And that just sucks. But no question, hands down, the hardest part is, was the beginning when we didn't know if they were going to make it. And in fact, just today I was texting with a dear friend of mine and just kind of sharing where we're at, some of the things that 
our struggles now and hurdles now and um, tough moments. You know, there's still tough moments. They're just tough in a different way on a different level. And I said to her, I just keep reminding myself that at the beginning of this journey, I prayed that we would get here, right? So the things that I'm dealing with and struggling with now are things that I prayed to have to deal with. They're a gift. They're they're challenging and they can be exhausting and they can be frustrating, but I never want to lose sight of the fact that this is where I wanted to get to. This is where I wasn't sure we would get to. And it's it's important to keep that sort of thing in mind. I think so many, when we get to any new season of life, especially when we're coming from something that was more difficult or we've overcome something that was really challenging, it's so important to remember that you wanted to be here. You know, maybe you have a new job and it's a job you always wanted, but now you're dealing with stress and pressure or learning new things that are stressing you out. You wanted to get here. You prayed to get here. Maybe you are exhausted by some element of parenting. You know, before you had kids, like you, you wanted this and it doesn't mean that it's not hard. It is. And it doesn't mean you're not like ready to get through the hurdle, but I also don't want to lose sight of the fact that I hoped we would get here, you know? So, yeah. And there's the emotional piece. <laughs> I have to check myself a few times a day because I'm like, okay, I want to express anger over this, but I also need to remember that I'm exhausted and sleep deprived and hormonal. So maybe it's best that I just keep my mouth shut. Maybe it's best. I just have to remember that. That's been a challenge too, but a really valuable practice. Okay. The winner of the Dermabiotic Serum, which I'll also link to in the show description, where you can also find a link for Reboot so that you are prepared to rock with us for our next uh, three-day super straightforward, simple detox. Anybody can do uh, in November, which is, hello, just a few days away. We're going to do it in the middle of the month, but make sure you get reboots so you can do it with us. The winner of Dermabiotic Serum is Trish7964. Trish, if that is you, that's the name under which you left a review. Thank you so much for listening and for leaving that review. Email me, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of the date this episode airs, let me know that you were the winner in 1032 of the Dermabiotic Serum. Include your mailing address no matter where in the world you live. I will ship it out to you. Keep the questions coming. And let's keep having open and honest conversation about these difficult topics that I know can rub people the wrong way. But hey, you know, I got to keep everybody on their toes. Have a great night, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.